Welcome to Ben Davis Movie Show. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies and pipe dreams. Uh, Speaking of which, on today's show, we'll be discussing a pipe dream of a movie, a mythical unicorn of a film, if you will, uh, about a certain league. But before we get into that, I must introduce a league of my own first. First up, we have my partner in crime as of late, Mr. Walker Holt. How are you doing, man? Good man. I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk about a interesting piece of film, piece of cinema. It'll be fun, man. And Walker and I are joined by a very special guest today. He is the managing editor of Cinema Blend, co-host of the Real Blend uh, podcast, author of With Great Power, How Spider-Man Conquered Hollywood During the Golden Age of Comic Book Blockbusters, and release the Snyder Cut, the crazy true story behind the fight that saved Zack Snyder's Justice League, Mr. Sean O'Connell. Welcome back to the show. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course, it still blows me away that you you agree to come on here. <laughs> hey man, I'll talk about movies anytime people want to. That's, that's, my, that's my hobby that I happen to get paid for. Awesome. Uh, So without further ado, let's go ahead. Let's jump right into what I'm sure is going to be a very epic, but definitely not four hour conversation about a film that some people claimed never existed. Zack Snyder's Justice League in honor of the Flash, uh, which unfortunately is not doing so hot at the box office. It's kind of, you know, it's losing some steam. It's not it's not catching on. You know, it's kind of tripped and stumbled across the finish line, if you will. Zack Snyder's Justice League is, of course, directed by Zack Snyder and stars Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, Willem Dafoe, Jesse Eisenberg, Jeremy Irons, Diane Lane, Connie Nilsson, and J.K. Simmons. If you aren't familiar with Zack Snyder's Justice League, the plot synopsis reads like such, according to Google. Fueled by his restored faith in humanity, inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists newfound ally Diana Prince to face an even greater threat. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to recruit a team to stand against this newly awakened enemy. Despite the formation of unprecedented League of Heroes, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, it may be too late to save the planet from an assault of catastrophic proportions. So. It's still kind of surreal that we get to see that we got to see this movie realized in the way that Snyder always intended. It's something that at the time, many people called a pipe dream. Some people even claiming that it didn't exist, which is always silly to me. Uh, Even after it was announced, people were saying, oh, well, you know, because it wasn't finished, therefore it doesn't exist. And it's like, no, those, those are two different questions. Um, it's it's really hard to discuss this movie though without acknowledging what led to this movie's ex- existence. Um, in post production of this film, Zack Snyder and his family experienced a terrible family tragedy that would cause him to to leave the film in post production, and in his absence, Josh Whedon uh, would take over in May of 2017 and go on to reshoot 
90% of the film, according to director of photography, uh, Fabian Wagner, uh, adding in humor, redesigning characters, and chopping up uh, a four-hour runtime to two hours, which was a studio mandate at the time, creating what most fans call now Justice League. Uh, this was a rush job. And as the movie would come out in November of, of 2017, not only was Justice League a financial flop compared to its huge budget, grossing $657.9 million on a budget of $300 million, but it was also met with poor critical response. It currently sits at 39% and on Rotten Tomatoes and was met with an overwhelming sense of disappointment by fans, myself included. It's like one of the only films I ever left going, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I definitely liked it. Kind of in like I was in denial. Um, but it wasn't all that bad. There were some good spots in there, sure. But it's hard to watch now knowing what went on behind the scenes regarding the actors involved, in particular Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg, and what he... Uh, went through on the reshoots from alleged abuse from uh, abusive behavior from director Joss Whedon. Uh, for years after, fans would rally the hashtag, release the Snyder Cut, in hopes to see this legendary mythical unicorn of a cut. But they would they would buy billboards in Times Square, fly airplanes at Warner Brothers, uh, buy out promotional materials during Comic Con, which is the mecca of nerd culture. But the most impressive thing that they would do, though, is they would do fundraisers in order to raise money for AFSP, which is the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, in honor of Zack Snyder's daughter, uh, Autumn Snyder. This was unprecedented. You know, this movie was able to raise millions of dollars, which 100% saved lives. And to me and many others, this is the real reason to fight for Snyder's vision. Uh, Zack Snyder would he would keep the momentum alive when it would die down a bit by showing glimpses of his version of the film to really reignite the fire. You know, many people thought we would never get to see this movie, and if we did, it would be like further down the road, something very similar to the Donner cut of Superman Two. Well. On May 20th, 2020, the mythical unicorn of a movie, Zack Snyder's Justice League, was announced on a Vero stream of Man of Steel with Zack Snyder featuring the man himself, Henry Cavill, and a handful of lucky fans to appear on Max, formerly known as HBO Max. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League will go on to come out March 18th, 2021 to rousing success from both critics and fans alike in a true pop cultural moment. To me, this is without a doubt the biggest win in all of geek culture. Hmm. But most importantly, a win for all those people who helped save lives, the lives saved by the fundraising, Zack Snyder, his family, as well as artistic vision. So, Sean, when was the first time you saw Zack Snyder's Justice League and how does it compare to how you feel about it now but furthermore what was it like writing a book that led up to the release of this movie and how did that affect your experience while watching this movie I imagine that that's crazy all right so I'll start with the writing of the book part because that comes way before the the release but they're they're kind of interlocked in that 
um, it's it it kind of gives me goosebumps listening to you recount everything that happened because it all feels still so so surreal to even think that it that it came together. Um, it was a really everything had to happen at a very specific time or else it wouldn't have happened the way that it did. Mm -hmm. um, those people uh, in the movement who fought so hard had to utilize social media uh, to their advantage to, to make a hashtag work. And it's almost like, not that they were the first ones to ever do it, but they might've been the first ones in our circle to, to have as much success with a unifying hashtag uh, yeah. as release the Snyder Cut. It just became synonymous with you know with this movement with this mythical cut to the point where it became you know a pop culture joke and on things like the simpsons and stuff like that <laughs> so as an entertainment reporter i was always just kind of fascinated in the work that 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 the people were doing that the movement was doing and when i learned more about the stuff that they were doing for afsp and and like you said also too ben and i, I always believed that the movie existed i never bought into the the um accusations that it wasn't a thing because it definitely had to be a thing if you just know how movies oh, are yeah. made there was footage it was i'm sure compiled you know into some sort of formation directors are constantly doing cuts of their films and had they have these work prints and all this jazz and it was just the question was how far along um was zach in his version when he finally stepped away so to bring you up to then when did i first get to see it it wasn't a, a until a couple of days before it hit HBO Max. Like they really, I think Zach was still working on it and, and fine tuning certain things or, or shooting some stuff in his driveway as we might talk about later on. Um, but they did a press junket for it uh, and they had Zach and Debbie did interviews and I'm trying to think back if anybody else did. I think it was just the two of them um, to promote the fact that the movie was coming. And so they sent around screener links for us to watch it we weren't going to get to see it on the big screen which is really disappointing but it was a one of the other things that had to happen at that time was just the advent of the these streaming services and these streaming services needing something original and cool that would get people to subscribe to their service and so it, it was an hbo max streaming play they wanted to make sure we watched it on their platform but when you got that email when that email came in that said like click this link and you will be able to watch Zack snyder justice league like it was like the grail. It was, it was legitimately was like holding something that you couldn't believe you were ever going to see. And it was, I, I was talking with my friends who were going to do the press junket with me. And we were all like, we're saving it till, till, you know, eight o'clock. It's got to be dark. You know, I want, I, I want the, the, as optimum of a viewing experience as I can possibly give it. And it was, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing watching you know, you do the thing in your brain where you're making comparisons to, to the theatrical oh, yeah. cut and and it's so different from the get-go. You know, it's it starts so so drastically different and finally looks like, you know, BVS and Man of Steel and and you see all the character development that's supposed to happen. And I really admire the chapter stops and 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 um and I was just floored. I was floored the whole time watching it because I you were realizing you were watching you know, something truly special and, and what I still consider to be, you know, you asked me how, how my opinion has changed it. My admiration of it has only grown, you know, yeah. each time I go back to rewatch it. And I truly think it's, it's one of the best comic book stories. Um, you know, the, it's right up there with Watchmen in terms of what Snyder has turned out. Uh, yeah. and, and then truly, you know, I think one of the best examples of what you can do in the comic book genre 
uh, if given the time and, you know, no limit in terms of your four hour cut. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, I wish he had the budget to to really deliver on it. But but what he was able to to give to his fans is remarkable. It's, it's remarkable is the only, is, is one of the words you can use for it. It, it really is. And, you know, you, you bring up that that feeling of it, it's like I'm not trying to compare it to this this movie, but it's like, you know, that feeling when you go into the theater to see Endgame. Yeah. Where it's just you've been waiting for this moment. You've been waiting since you heard Nick Fury say, I got something that's the Avengers initiative. Sure. And you've been waiting for that moment, that final culminating chapter. Even though this wasn't supposed to be a culminating chapter, it felt that way. Sure. Of course. And it just, it, it's even talk about it now, goosebumps, mm. goosebumps. <laughs> uh, how about you, Walker? What, what was What was your experience like? watching this film for the first time i i guess i uh i watched it the day it launched on hbo max and uh i just finished it this morning from the first time (laughs) 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 i mean my my experience was a little bit different because i i'm not i'm not a comic book guy i'm not really even a superhero guy i do like film and uh and i love the mcu but not so much you know, I, I really am just a Robert Downey Jr. fan that has, you know, that has made me love the MCU. And then I'm a sucker for continuity. I'm a sucker for being paid off for, for watching so many things. And I love the, the interconnectivity and then the super, I'm not anti-superhero. It's just never been like, I didn't, I watched the Batman cartoon growing up and some Spider-Man stuff, but nothing crazy. Um, at the time that it was long, it was announced that it was actually the cut was actually going to come out. I had not seen any DCEU stuff at all at that mm. point. So I decided to watch it all leading up to it. Um, so I had probably had a, I guess a less than a non-natural way of, of viewing it um, where I think I, th- I saw the Zack Snyder cut before I saw the original cut, you know, I oh, went back and saw that just to like, see what it is. And I also had seen Aquaman. I watched all the movies that had come after the original cut of justice league before mm-hmm. I had seen it. Um, rewatching it this weekend, I liked it much more. Um, so DC is never, you know, Zack Snyder. I, well, I love the story behind this and I listened to the podcast um, that you guys did about your book, Sean. And, uh, and that gave so much more weight to the, to the whole, the behind the scenes story. And I think that's great. And that, and I love the, the fandom aspect of it and how they're, you know they're being heard i remember when the sonic uh the hedgehog trailer dropped and people weren't didn't love the look of it and then they changed it and it was like whoa and then this <laughs> like blew that out of the water obviously um but comparing the two movies i mean it's 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 a huge improvement it's far more coherent there's so many more care we'll get into all the specifics at some point but it uh my experience was much better this time watching it i could respect it a lot more at that point i was still I didn't really have the frame of reference to compare it, to give it that elevated sense in, in my mind. But at this point I can respect a little more and I, and I, and I did enjoy it. Nice. Nice. Like my first time watching the film was, is very similar to, to you, Sean. I, I made a whole day out of it. I, I watched Man of Steel, BVS Ultimate Edition and Zack Snyder's Justice League back to back to back. Made a okay. whole day out of it. That's a lot. It was, it was a, it was a <laughs> long day. It was a long day. And fortunately, you know, for me, instead of, you know, trying to summarize how I feel, I happen to have actually written a, a review for this movie. 
And to just give you a taste of how I felt about it at the time, here is a quick little summary. Quote, I'm happy to report that not only did Zack Snyder's Justice League meet my expectations, but it also surpassed them. I found myself in awe while I was watching the movie. What Zack Snyder was able to do with a four-hour runtime is similar to what Peter Jackson was able to do with Lord of the Rings, not only in execution, but in feeling as well. The characters have motivations, and I cared about every single one of them, in particular Cyborg and The Flash, who stand out, who are standouts. The large scope feels epic, mythic, and really captures the sense of gods among men. The emotional through lines ground these quote gods to make them more relatable and human that's what makes Zack Snyder's Justice League so powerful these quote gods are really just misfits in their world trying to find their humanity their sense of purpose and worth they find it amongst themselves and others like them themes of found family overcoming trauma coming together and embracing what makes you unique but owning your true self is something that makes this epic superhero film special. This is Zack Snyder's magnum opus to the superhero genre, and I'm glad he was able to tell it, end quote. So watching it now, I feel about the same. You know, like to me, this is the greatest superhero film ever put to the screen. And what this movie represents to me on a personal level, it really can't be understated. You know, a few months, not to get too sappy, but a few months before this film came out, my dad had passed away and I was in a really heartbroken place. And this movie, it came out and it filled me with hope, joy, and inspired me to, quote from the movie, come back to the living. Hmm. And it sounds silly, but that is the power movies can have. And so for me, this is a, a very, very special movie. Well, and, and you can never discount any personal connection that a person makes with any specific movie. And that's why, yeah. you know, their opinion is right, no matter what, because if you connect to something on an emotional level due to wherever you're at in your own life, um then that's special and needs to be embraced uh we have a, a, a line that we use on our podcast all the time is that movies never change um but you do you know you mm -hmm. might go back and revisit something 20 years after you watch it the first time where you either loved it or hated it and then you're a different person later and you connect with it in different ways that's what makes movies that's why movies are so magical is that they don't have the ability to shift and move and evolve no. and grow but you do as an audience mm -hmm. member and so that's beautiful that the movie hit you that way when you watched it that's great yeah it it it, it truly is a special special movie and you, you bring up movies that can change out of a very similar experience with inglorious bastards didn't like it the first time i watched it because i'm crazy watched it again loved it <laughs> um but speaking of loving it, Rotten Tomatoes score uh, for Zack Snyder's Justice League currently sits at 71%, with the consensus being Zack Snyder's Justice League lives up to the title with its sprawling cut or sprawling cut that expands to fit the director's vision and should justify the fans who willed it into existence. Uh, guys, do you agree with this score? Would you give it 71%? Where would you fall on the on your own personal Rotten Tomatoes ranking? I mean, when I was doing the uh, the like my letterbox post for for rewatching it this afternoon, I uh, I gave it a seventy, so I'm pretty I'm pretty close to it. I, I think I'm probably going to be the lowest on this on this podcast about it, but mm -hmm. but I 
I have a lot of good things to say about this movie and I'm excited to talk about them. I just, I mean, it, the, the, the runtime is tough for me. I mean, it's, it, I mean, there's, it's unquestionably extremely long and, and I mean, maybe there's a couple things that I think we could, you could take out of the movie, but I know I get the argument of like, like, what would you take out? You know, like he added this stuff to, to, to add depth to these characters and that's what people love. And I get it. I get it. But it's, I mean, it's over four hours long and that's, that's tough. And I've never, you know, Snyder in general, I, I, I really love this story and I love how this all came out. I've never loved Snyder's like style. I didn't, I'm not a big 300 guy. I've never like drawn to that, like over-exaggerated palette and, and, and like shadow contrast look that's in a lot of the stuff. Slow motion. Um, you don't love slow motion. Yeah. Well, Zach took, loves it. <laughs> I've read somewhere if they took the slow motion out of it, the movie would only be two hours long. <laughs> sped it up to normal speed. A, a slow motion uh, sesame seed doesn't do it for you. <laughs> but um, but I do have a lot of good things to say about it, and I'm excited to talk about it. But but I I would I put it right at a seventy. So I'm, I I want to make the argument that the the four hour runtime. Um, here's what I've experienced with Snyder Cut. Um, since it's come out. There are 90 minute movies that I will still skip to only watch one or two scenes, right? Because the rest of it is just not that compelling, but there might be two amazing scenes in a 90 minute movie. If I start watching Zack's Justice League from the opening scene, I can't turn it off. I'm in at that point. And you're right. Like, what would you skip? What what would you take out? You know, like all of these things were added in to, to kind of flesh out the narrative and i don't feel that there's stuff in there that i want to skip and so to me the runtime goes by like that like yeah. you know i blink and i'm halfway through it and and i'm not even like like you like i have marvel posters hanging over my thing i'm more of a marvel guy than i ever was a dc guy but i think that the way that he tells the story of the coming together of this team and i saw i was looking ahead in the show notes when we get to you know um performances that i that i truly adore um it, it's when cavill returns you know as as superman that i think that the the dramatic arc of the entire story starts to settle in like his scenes with amy adams his scenes with you know ma kent like they're all they're brilliant and i feel like everything is sort of yeah. building up to that point what i give it I mean, I'd probably, I'm still in like the 85 to 90 range. It's not a perfect movie for me, um, but I, I I love the movie that it is. That's is. I'm not going to put it on, you know, the same par as like, you know, Rear Window or something like that, or, you know, <laughs> you know like a legitimate classic, but, yeah. but for the movie that it, for the movie that it is made under the circumstances that it was made, it you know I, I got to put it in that in that sort of eighty five to ninety range. I do agree um, that it was it was paced very well. I mean it, I mean it, I understand I'm complaining about the runtime, but it, for a four hour movie it does breeze by. I mean it, it it's 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 captivating the entire time. It's never boring. Um and I and I and I typically subscribe to the exact same thought process of I'd rather watch a, a well paced two hour and forty five minute movie than a poorly paced 80, 85 minute movie. But I I get saying. Yeah, I for me, I, I'm way higher. This is like a 98 for me. I I <laughs> love this movie because the personal connection I have with it. But also, like you guys were saying, it flows. It flows so well. Like I I don't. I was trying to to explain it to to my wife. Like there's something so symmetrical about it. Like it just it it moves from beat to beat to beat to beat to beat, and it doesn't feel 
there's not a moment where I feel the runtime, mm. which is ridiculous to say for a four hour movie. It there's no moment where I'm like, all right, I gotta go up and 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 do something. Like much like you, if I'm watching it, uh, I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I'm locked in. I'm ready to go. Um, when I was doing the the prep for this, watching the movie, I watched it and 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 one setting uh and it was it was awesome it flowed so nicely well it bucks the traditional structure of any other you know you have five to six massive set pieces sprinkled throughout it you know it's not like character introductions build 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 maybe a middle set piece and then you build to an epic conclusion while each of those are in there you still have uh steppenwolf versus the themiscirans you have mm-hmm. you know the the flashback to the gods of war constantly fighting you have the steppenwolf fight with half the league underneath gotham harbor you have superman versus the league you know and all of this is building towards the eventual conclusion so i mean he's peppered in all these things to sort of keep you invested and entertained yeah and there's so many great character moments scattered in it mm. where every every character gets their moment and i think that that's why you know i compare this to lord of the rings for me which is mm-hmm. you know i cheat when people ask me what my favorite movie of all time is or it's i include all three as my number three those movies flow so well and every character gets their moment to shine it's very similar to this where i feel like every character gets a moment to shine mm-hmm. even the supporting characters um, it just it works and it flows so nicely, which is why I I, I have it so high. Uh, it, it is interesting to go and read the reviews for this movie too. Um, it, it's it if you want to have a field day and you want to be entertained, read some 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 reviews for this movie. Um, moving on here to some fun facts, though. Despite directorial credit, Zack Snyder has never actually seen the theatrical cut of Justice League. Reportedly. Mm-hmm. His wife, Deborah Snyder, and his good friend and executive producer, Christopher Nolan, advised him never to see it as it would break his heart. That's that's true. It would break his heart because it is it, – it's, it's a travesty of a movie. I still don't understand how just out of, out of morbid curiosity he has not turned it on, though. I mean, right? I, would, I would have to. I would have have to at this point, just because your your version is out now. People know that this is the cut and spoilers in the flash. This is canon to the flash. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's references in the flash to direct things that happen in the Snyder cut, but not Justice League. So just get drunk one night, put it on and just like crap all over it, you know, with your buddies, like get them all together, make fun of it. It's what I did in uh, college with my buddies. We watched Batman and Robin and played a drinking game with it. And we made yeah. it only about halfway through. It's a fun time. Yeah. Out of morbid curiosity, I think you should. Um, at DC Fandom in 2020, it was confirmed that the Snyder Cut would be a four-hour, or excuse me, a four-part miniseries. Mm. But in January of 2021, Warner Media confirmed in a press release that it would be released in a feature-length film not a miniseries. And the interesting thing about that is I would have loved to have seen the water cooler aspect of it had it been released and as a series versus a movie and what that momentum would have felt like going into that last episode. Mm-hmm. I understand why they couldn't do it because of contracts, I am assuming. 
um, with the actors and it not really working out um, contract wise, but it would have been really interesting to see what they would have done with that. That, that is an interesting like parallel. What if situation, but I, I mean, even for someone who just complained about the runtime, I think the movie, I think it is more coherent as a movie. I think it, I'm, I'm still glad it's a movie and not a series though. I think it works better as far as the, the, just the structure of the plot and everything, but but it is interesting, and I think at the time I probably was was pro series, mini series. But but I'm gonna go back and forth, not making a lot of sense today. But I I, I do <laughs> think it works better as a long movie than it does as a series. I don't know. I also think that Zach still belongs to that fading group of of uh, storytellers that feel like they've made a film. Like I don't know if Zack mm-hmm. Snyder wants to be the director of a mini a mini series necessarily, um, because you know they he just recently was able to screen this in IMAX. Uh, as a theatrical cut with a with a um an interlude you know built into the the middle of it essentially um so he sees it as a start to finish you know you sit and you watch this movie and and directors think that way i think you know if you were approaching it as a four-part series he probably would have filmed it in a completely different manner so yeah and i i i completely agree with that i think like it it does it to me it works better as a film and I think watching it, I'm I'm jealous. Did you get to see it in IMAX? I didn't. I actually had to leave that day. Um, I did the <sighs> Man of Steel and I did the BVS, and I wasn't able to see it in the IMAX. Still though, and you you did the you moderated the panel for, I did, for BVS. BVS. Yeah, I did. Yep. that's cool. that's really freaking cool. That was fun. That, that was cool. a very fun moment. A very fun moment. <laughs> uh, Superman dons his iconic black suit in the definitive version of Justice League as confirmed by footage revealed at JusticeCon, an online uh, live fan organized Zoom event on Zack Snyder and his cut of Justice League. For the 2017 theatrical cut, any scenes featuring him in the black suit was supposedly digitally color corrected to the classic blue, red, and yellow. This is recently, well, it's not really recently anymore, contradicted by stills and behind the scenes footage of the Snyder cut where Henry Cavill is never seen in the black suit in his scenes that should be suggesting that while it was always intended for Superman to return in his regeneration suit, it was always the practical plan to have his classic suit quote fixed and post then come up with an identical suit uh but in black and silver unlike the black suit spotted in man of steel and it is seamless it, it to me it's seamless that that effect yeah i did i was kind of hoping that the final shirt open uh was going to be the red the red and blue i agree I agree. I think, and and we'll, we'll get to to more of that later. I have something very specific I want to say about that, but yeah, I, I agree. Can you, can you give me Uh, just a brief uh, education on the black suit? Is that is like in lore, is that something he just wears in justice league or is that what's the, what's the, I mean, it's cool. I love it's badass, but I don't, I just don't know what the, the birth of the black suit is or. So correct me if i'm wrong on this sean but it it's when he puts on the black suit it's a regeneration suit in the comic book he dies similarly fighting doomsday and when he comes back he's donning the black suit so he can gain his strength back am i correct in that yes and when he came back there were like there were four versions four iterations of superman and for a little while it was a hacky dc sort of 
uh, gimmick to get you to sell to buy more books of like which one's the real Superman mm-hmm. kind of thing. And one of them had that sort of black and silver design and longer hair, much longer, <laughs> much longer yeah. hair. And uh, I think they played that for a couple of issues where they were just like, you know, which one's it going to be? And then he essentially just returned to his normal Clark Kent kind of thing. DC continuity, comic book <laughs> continuity at its finest. It's a, it's a thing. Marketing decisions. Uh, making money uh zach snyder threatened to quit from the film over a green lantern appearance at the post credit scene uh snyder originally wanted green lantern john stewart and his cut of justice league but warner brothers blocked it saying they have plans for john stewart and they want to announce their own or want wanted to uh make their own announcement both studio and snyder later settled on martian manhunter and it's not really a post credit scene they cut right to it um it is jarring because you see martian manhunter twice in the movie uh, and at the end it, it it's kind of tacked on it's cool i like it but it's kind of tacked on um and what is the name of the actor that Zack snyder hired and shot in his drive i believe his driveway um look real fast oh my god i'm forgetting his name but that picture that he showed is super freaking cool with the green lantern coming off his chest Mm. yes i'm not very i'm not very educated on green lantern either i've seen the 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 movie but it um i'm sorry the Yeah, the Green. I, I've heard that there's John Stewart and there's another. There's different versions of the Green Lantern, and it, it just gets passed along. the The one we saw in the movie, the Green Lantern, was that oh. a Green a Green Lantern that we're all familiar with, or is that just a, a random iteration of Green Lantern just to show that there's been a bunch of them? Type of no, familiar enough. You know, one that one that is part of a team. Nah, it's more like an alien type. <laughs> creature i don't think it's modeled after any of our recognizable animals but uh because uh, his he, i they he has a name as well too and i'm kind of blanking on what it is the actor who played um john stewart is uh wayne wayne t carr and wayne he was t. supposed carr, to show yeah. up in the final scenes and then uh warner brothers asked zach as a compromise to leave him out because they had a justice they had a green lantern or lantern core show that they had planned which i think then got scrapped but then is now back on the dock according to um james gunn's new plan but that was that's a different lantern series than what warner brothers planned to yeah. it was exact compromised in the moment and then they scrapped their plans anyway which was stupid so yeah it is what it is it's warner brothers hopefully you know with james gunn at the helm they they can get their their crap together I really thought Zach was going to be able to include the lantern scene um, when he screened it in IMAX this past spring, but he didn't. He still kept the Martian Manhunter scene in there. And from what I understand, um, speaking with Debbie, they weren't even going to bring that up as a topic to Warner Brothers because they were so appreciative that Warner was letting them show it theatrically, essentially, you know, because it's still their their film, essentially, it's still yeah. Warner Brothers film. And mm-hmm. they they weren't even going to ask to see if they could insert that scene back in but it would have been cool that would have been a great moment for them to put it in i would imagine the crowd reaction would have gone insane yeah that would have been cool release the emerald cut um (laughs) extensive reshoots (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, can't stop once I've started. Uh, extensive reshoots in London and Los Angeles in mid 2017 added a cost of approximately uh, 20 or excuse me, 25 million to the film's budget. Henry Cavill worked on the reshoots and Mission Impossible Fallout at the same mm. time. He had to sport a mustache for his film and the latter project. However, Paramount refused to let the actor shave it off to play Superman in the reshoots. This meant that Cavill's facial hair uh, had to be digitally removed in post-production. However, due to tight schedule, the results were crude and were among the many criticisms of the theatrical film. So here's the thing. For me, when it comes to VFX, unless it is just really glaring, it always kind of falls into the nitpick category for me. This is not one of those <laughs> one of those times. My boy, they massacred my boy. Yeah, they did. It, God, it, why couldn't they just shave it and, and wear a fake must? Don't aren't most fake mustaches aren't most mustaches fake in Hollywood? I mean, I don't. Well, it just feels like they could have easily gotten around that. And the thing is, Macquarie said, "Like, if you give us five million dollars, I will let." Henry shave his face, go shoot the Superman bits because it's easier for me to add the mustache than I need him to. It's easier for him to fill it in while Henry's growing it back than it would be to digitally remove it. And Warner Brothers refused to pay that $5 million. So for $5 million, they could have avoided this entire thing. And instead, that became a talking point for the travesty, you know, that became, became of this movie because it looks horrendous. It's one of the first things you see. Like the movie opens on Henry's face and it's bulbous and weird. It, and it's it looks so weird because it's like the space between his nose and his upper lip is yeah. abnormally big, and he has a he's a handsome guy, really recognizable, and you're gonna mess his face up. Like I don't, I don't get it. I don't I get don't. it. Poor. And it happens multiple times. Like when he confronts Ben Affleck, um, in the in in. Memorial Park, uh, his face is warped, and then when he's talking with uh, Lois in the field, it's warped. He smiles. Oh, oh my yeah. god, that smile is horrendous. I'm looking looks, for it on my phone. I've got multiple copies of it. Just somewhere. like uh, Shrek when he's Prince Charming. Oh my god, that's a good call. How do you yeah, do yeah. that to that to Henry Cavill? How do you make Henry Cavill <laughs> not normal looking? how do you make him normal looking is the thing because yeah. he's he's very handsome man but yeah that that's it's it's a it's a shame what they did to our boy's face five million dollars they could have avoided the entire thing mm -hmm. uh, screenwriter chris terrio referred to joss whedon's work on the film as an act of vandalism <laughs> he also claimed that Zack snyder felt the same way but it was too much of a gentleman to say it publicly uh, Chris Terrio was so upset by Joss Whedon's edits to the film that he wanted his name removed from the final product. And I totally get it because if you look at it, I compare the theatrical edition of Justice League to like a Sparks Notes version. They are essentially, if you were to tell someone the pl plot of the movie, they're the same plot, but the body of it is so completely different. Uh, one is filled with great character moments, great character art, great emotional bits. The other 
is filled with forced humor and really cringy dialogue that is so tonally different from what came before it just feels like a complete overcorrection and just ugh. so i get it i get why he would want his yeah. name removed. he's I, an oscar-winning writer I, yeah i don't i don't have very much experience at all in the in show business or, or really knowing like how the world that world works but i i imagine it happens often that like maybe actors give a, actors specifically give a performance and like and really don't have a strong grasp of like the project as a whole and then when the the movie comes out it just feels a lot different than they expected while they're acting i imagine that's frustrating and i imagine it happens a lot but it obviously it seems like with this movie every single person i mean except for one maybe but it, it everyone's just disgusted with 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 the product they put out. I've already read the next. One. <laughs> Sorry, you're fine. Yeah, and that fits into what the next point is, which is, or what you were talking about. And this is our our last fun fact we'll get to today. All the scenes with the Russian family were sure. shot by Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder, apparently having never seen the theatrical cut, responded. One so, family when so. has the mouth of the subplot on Biro. And if you watch the theatrical cut, the Russian family adds nothing to the story and they're just there so Flash can push the car away and then say, What's the Dostoevsky or Dostoevsky? Yeah, thank you. But it's even worse than that. It's like earlier when the parademons are flying around and they have to take out like bug spray yeah canister and it's like every joke associated with the russian family is like some of the worst hack you've ever seen in your entire life which is why i can totally understand why you know uh chris terrio would look at this version and be like take my name off of this you know i don't want to even be associated with anything that you've added back into it because it goes so it goes all the opening scene with um the guy from manhunter whose name i can't think of right now the, who's the criminal on the roof batman mm-hmm. like that scene plays it like it's out of the 1970s you know 60s or 70s with the corny batman humor pops over um, oh god gone <laughs> isn't it superman like it's just uh, yeah i would want i would if i were terrio i would i would want nothing to do with this screen at all i'm when i'm shocked because if you look the theatrical cut has Zack Snyder's name. There it is. <laughs> oh, look at that. How is that, Henry Cavill? <laughs> no. Sorry. A visual for an audio podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> no. But <laughs> listen, you can hear our reactions. Google the image. Just type in <laughs> Henry Cavill smiling 2017 Justice League or whatever. <laughs> you'll see it and you'll be as horrified as us. Um, yeah, I'm surprised though that Zack Snyder never requested his name be taken off the theatrical cut I am surprised at that too and it has something to do with the stipulations in the director's guild that if you are responsible for filming a percentage of the film then your your name is credited to it also I also subscribe to the argument that had they let Zack's name be taken off of the theatrical cut if it's said directed by Joss Whedon, then his fan base, Snyder's fan base, might not have been as furious 
um, and might not have pushed as hard for the cut because I think one of the things that was fueling the fan base was just that, you know, it was insult to injury that you didn't let him finish this. You delivered a, you know, inferior product and you put his name on it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, was such a slap in the face that they were like, this has to be rectified. We have to fight to get his actual cut of the movie out. I really wonder what would have happened if it said directed by Joss Whedon instead. It's funny when I was watching it this weekend, I, I, uh, I couldn't remember if I had seen the, the original two hour cut. I, I thought maybe I'd skipped it and only watched Jack, Zach's version, but I, uh, I went back and watched it later because the whole movie, I was expecting that Russian family to come and then it didn't happen. I was like, Oh, I maybe that must've been the other movie. <laughs> that was just expecting. I also think it's great that every one of these fun facts has something about Zack Snyder on Vero. He's, an, that's like, he's like the only person in the world who's just like it's it's gonna catch on it's right. <laughs> trusted platform it is and that's the only reason i have one because Zack snyder is <laughs> is is one of my my favorite filmmakers and i have one just really for for him that's that's it but anyway guys we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to get to our award section And we are back. Thank you so much for that quick little break. Um, we're going to start off with our award section and we're going to move on to best scenes and moments. Number one, uh, Wonder Woman rescues the bank. Uh, this is just super cool. It's a super cool sequence showing or uh, showcasing uh, Wonder Woman's power. She moves so fast and I love how fast she moves. And I love that one shot of her just throwing the briefcase up in the air. She falls in slow-mo and that big wide shot which i bet looks gorgeous in imax love it so this scene uh, this feels like i mean just tell me if i'm am i missing any this feels like the scene to cut (laughs) the scene this feels like the scene to knock down the run this feels like one of the two there's two scenes this one is the number one watching it was like that didn't do anything for it and then later when she does the message with the arrow for for diana and then it and then it switches to diana like at her day job working on the art or on a statue mm-hmm. or an artifact or something that feels like the introduction to diana like it just i don't it just feels like 20 minutes i mean it's a cool scene i like the scene i'm not saying it's not a good scene but it just in a four-hour movie it just feels like the scene to cut but I like the little bit she has has there at the end with the girl yeah no, that's great i mean there's like like Walker said, it's a good, it's a really good scene. It's a chance to give Diana an action scene. It's a chance to let Zach direct an action scene for Diana. He's going to get a chance to do it later on in the film, obviously. But yeah, I can I can a little bit understand that. Fair. Uh, author saves a sailor slash has an epic wave scene uh, slash meets with Volku. So, I mean, the names in the scene description alone, it's epic. I mean, you everything know. everything with Momoa in this movie works for me. Um, yep. I think that he, Zach's interpretation of and I, and I like James Wan's movie a lot, you know. I, but it's it's way more Technicolor, it's way yeah. more '80s um, Aquaman. Whereas, you know, badass drunk from a you know northern fisher fisherman's town is an amazing way to portray Arthur and him. You know, rescuing that dude from the middle of the sea is is as you say, pretty badass. It is, and I just the thing that I like about 
Arthur in this version in particular is I love how his hero's journey, it really mirrors Clark's. Although Clark wants to help and is trying to figure out how Arthur doesn't necessarily want to do it, but he just feels compelled. compelled. Mm -hmm. And I like that difference. And again, the pick up your mother's trident is Willem Dafoe. (laughs) I love that that, uh, Arthur comes into land every time wearing a shirt and then before he jumps off the dock every single time he just removes his shirt dramatically to expose everything and then jumps off it's just funny every time that he does it but i also like uh arthur's portrayal in in this and uh honestly i I mentioned zach things that are like snyderfied or snyderized however that style you know of the the hard contrast i actually like the way that uh worked for the underwater scenes too i thought the um like his taking snyder's look and putting them underwater i thought his aquaman scenes underwater looked better than the aquaman movie underwater yeah oh i agree i agree well i i i agree but also disagree because i like them both but for two totally different reasons Mm -hmm. uh barry saves iris so this scene, it just draws me in, you know, which is why I think the song choice of Song of the Siren is absolutely perfect. Uh, I can also hardcore relate to Barry getting distracted by the hot dogs. <laughs> uh, now, this is a scene that without slow motion could play out in, in three minutes and it would have been just as effective. He runs, he grabs her, he saves her. She doesn't remember it. You know, he's back in with the dogs. The song is beautiful. Um, and and it is, it's the scene that's referenced, you know, in the flash mm-hmm. where Iris remembers seeing Barry, where you're like, okay, well, then this is canon to Snyder mm-hmm. Cut and not to Justice League. So um, but tight tighten up that pace. Get that get the slow motion out of there, and this scene moves by a little bit quicker. Again, you, did, you, you didn't love the the slow-mo shot of the sesame seed. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it inherently, <laughs> but if we're tightening up a four-hour movie, that's where I'm going. Who do you think did it better between? Who do you think does it better in general between Quicksilver and, and the Flash? Those scenes, those those slow mo. Because I love the Flash scenes in the X Men movie. I think those are like the parts that I'm I'm looking forward to the most. They're great. the The day the past one is so good. The yeah. um, Apocalypse one is like, well, you liked it the first time, so I guess yeah. we got to do it again sort of deal but but the days of future past one is really inspired yeah i think they do it better to answer your question i think they do it better cyborg montage so this sequence is just beautiful and is just fantastic visual storytelling the best moment comes from seeing him um help this single mother who's struggling to pay her bills and it adds so much to him he just wants to help people it's a beautiful yeah, sequence. I mean, it it adds. I mean, it it's it's got to be the thing most talked about with the Snyder of the cyborgs characterization. I mean, it's 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 fleshed out a hundred times what it is in the other movie, the other mm-hmm. cut. I mean, it, yeah. it it's it's. I mean, it it this best scene. It feels like I don't know. It just feels very impact, like very relevant for this cut. I mean, this is that's was a huge part of it was fleshing out characters and this was this was the result of it mm-hmm. agreed yep he's a uh, character who benefits way more from the snyder cut than than any other character agreed 
Martha talks with Lois. Again, I have referenced this earlier in the podcast. The comeback to the living line hit me hard when I saw it and still does to this day. It is a very impactful scene that even though I think the ending reveal of Martian Manhunter, as much as I love it, might kind of undercut it a little bit. I still really love the sequence and it's very impactful. It does undercut it. You're right in that. Um, at first off, it's a drastic improvement over the the conversation they have in theatrical cut. And we need to stop comparing theatrical cuts. To <laughs> this cut. They're just not fair. Um, but but the fact that it's Martian Manhunter who's going to visit uh, Lois makes me wonder why Martha didn't go visit Lois. You know, Martha should have gone to visit Lois. That's a beautiful scene if it actually is martha going to visit lois um yeah. the fact that it's martian manhunter who's creeping on her is a little bit unusual but yeah uh alfred shares his thoughts or his doubts about trying to bring back superman i put this scene in here for one purpose and one purpose alone it is the line of if you can't bring down the charging bull then don't wave the red cape at it followed by you do when it's this red cape this red cape charges back it it gives me chills every time i hear it now that's terrio that's yep. the chris terrio that people were waiting to to hear mm-hmm. uh reviving superman vision of the future battle of the park these scenes kind of all go together. Uh, the Battle of the Park is so freaking cool to me. It does cool. just showcase how powerful Superman is, and the mm-hmm. flash bit always cracks me up when he just I catches. L- him. I love the little like glance that he gives, like when the flash is running. I love how they handle that and how they handle like, well, what is the point of the flash? Is Superman? But like, I, I love that little like eye he gives him while he's running, and then how he tries to. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Clark embraces with Lois and Martha. This is just this touching and heartfelt sequence. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad, baby. Flight 2.0. This scene of Clark in the black suit going up to the sun with the speech coming from both fathers, it, it, it always gets me in the feels and always kind of shed a tear. You know, this is the moment, in my opinion, where he truly becomes Superman. Should have been longer. It's my only complaint. He he it's basically so he shoots up into the sky, does this Jesus pose. Yep, strikes the <laughs> Jesus pose. I mean, the, the first flight sequence in Man of Steel is so epic that I was yes. like, Zach's gonna double down. He's gonna <laughs> blow us out of the water with with an even better one. And it it ends. It ends. It's so quick. It's so quick. I don't get it. <laughs> The end battle. Aquaman starts down on a parademon. Yeah. Enough said. Terrific. Enough said. Flips his hair at the end of it. Mm-hmm. L'Oreal commercial. Well, what are his uh, powers again? I mean, I know he, I know water uh, stuff. And I know that like that, that scene to me, when I saw him surfing, it was like, wait, what does he do? Does he, did he fly, but not really kind of like a chicken can kind of fly, like jump over a 10 foot fence, but not super actually fly. So he can, he can swim fast. He can communicate with all the animals. He's super strong. You know, you're, quintessential list of superheroes he could essentially do it all but his skin is also super resistant because of uh he's just tough and can surf down very tough yeah he's fearless down the the body yes he's essentially fearless he has that that sort of i'm gonna do whatever because i feel pretty confident in myself yeah uh three story arcs collide so 
to me, saying three story arcs collide is Superman arrives, Flash saves the day, Cyborg accepts who he is. Mm-hmm. So Superman coming in and wrecking uh, Stephen Wolf or Stephen Wolf, uh, with the Superman flight score with the drums is it, it's such a moment that I just wish I could have seen in the theater because this would have gotten the biggest standing ovation. Uh, leads to the the draw of the draw dropping sequence of of the flash running which is an oscar winning sequence by the way uh <laughs> they tease him running back in time through the speed for several moments down throughout the film but this moment he saves the world by fulfilling the tease it's not even it's not only just powerful for the character but a dazzling action-packed moment with a beautiful piece of music it's probably mm-hmm. my, my favorite piece of music in the movie and then you get the I'm not broken. I'm not alone moment from Cyborg, which is just the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Truly special. Uh, shot of the whole Justice League together. It's just a beautiful shot. Uh, and then the last one I have here. Oh, go ahead, Sean. You were going to say something? A little dark. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, angle's a little, the angle's a little unusual. With the dark. shot. Oh, the low angle shot of them? Of the, of the, the league finally composed. Yeah. Yeah, it's also hard to, I mean, again, I'm not trying to compare stuff, but it, the the iconic Avengers shot the circle just beats shot. everything. The circular uh, shot, I mean, that, that's going to go down as like like an all-time shot. It's just hard to, com- I mean, obviously you're going to compare the Justice League shot to the Avengers shot, but it, right. it didn't, right. it didn't, wasn't quite as good. Last one I have here um, for Autumn, shows up at the end. Um, oh, this is God. just a beautiful tribute that every time I watch it's waterworks. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's a, it's a necessary reminder of the reason everyone fought so hard for this movie to be restored. Yep. Uh, so guys, out of all these sequences, which one is your favorite? <sighs> Even ones I didn't name. Probably the the reviving Superman battle at the park. I also like the the headbutt between him and Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> twice, and he's like, no, it just slams her down. It's a thing. I think that was a great scene. But I, I love the reviving her. I thought that was fun and a cool, creative way to use everybody to do it. And uh, and the whole three scenes back to back to back that that made that up. I thought were all great. So I think yeah. the hardest I cried was um, Clark and Lois and Martha in the in the cornfield because I'm a sucker for Kansas. I'm just like that's that's right in my bag. So um, when when Diane Lane showed up and and they were reunited, that was fantastic. So for me, it's it's the three story arcs collide. Mm-hmm. those moments of superman finally coming in this is the moment that we've all been waiting for if you love man of steel bvs this is the moment to me again he fully becomes superman this is the moment where flash truly accepts that you know make your own future make your own past it's all right now and then you get cyborg accepting who he is and his power within like i it's just perfect how that plays out beat 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 it's just Jeff's kiss. Was, was that the first? Just uh, uh, correct me if I'm forgetting, but was that the first ice breath in this canon, or or had he already I think done that? In the so earlier movie? yeah. Or yeah, was that like because so. it was a cool way to introduce the power? Because I know. Yeah, that was good. yeah, I think so. 
All right, moving on to worst scenes and moments, which is really for me, it's just nitpick season. Um, every time Wonder Woman's ancient limitations play, good call. Like the first couple th- times it plays, it's 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 nice, but my God, they kill it. <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah, it almost uh, feels like a Family Guy joke. Like it's like doing it on purpose every time. Like, <laughs> dar- dar- like it's like a yeah. like a, a meme of itself or whatever. Gal Gadot in general too. I, I you know, it, I don't know. It just feels like a bottle of salad dressing could have done the same job. I, it just I don't I don't love Jesus. The, <laughs> I mean that's harsh, but it it just I mean I've been seeing her lately in the Flash, and I saw her in fast and the furious and it always just feels like this zoomed in camera shot and her saying one like corny line and that's like all she does and it just it's just kind of I mean, like, like, she has a netflix uh film coming out in august called heart of stone um mm-hmm. that is she, she specifically is not very it's not very good in it <laughs> and a friend of mine who i knew was watching it at the same time texted me and he's like is gal like a bad actress <laughs> I, I think so man i think that's where we're at now oh that's such a shame she is so good in this or at least as wonder woman she is just so good better movie but, act. i do like wonder woman and the wonder woman movie i think is my favorite dc movie or uh, maybe not but it's one i like the movie of the first wonder woman and i like mm-hmm. the character and, and i don't hate her vibe with it i just her some of her one-liners it just feels it feels kind of Let's just see what we can make work with her. Some of the VFX on Themyscira are poor. The the scene of of Queen Hippolyta sliding. Huh. It's <laughs> I love rough. the scene of the arrow when they they pass the box along by shooting That's the arrow. I badass. think it's sick. That's sick. Yeah, That's yeah. When yes. he flexes the arrows out too, I I like yeah. that. Uh, subtle flirting between Bruce and Diana. Not a fan. It only happens once in the movie, and then it doesn't happen again. It just feels out of left field. It was going to pay off. I mean, he, <laughs> he was laying the groundwork for them to have a relationship in, in subsequent films. So, Zach had an idea. What I could do have been? What, what we mentioned Batman. Is, I, I, I like the usage of Batman in these movies. Like, like, I mean, the question always comes like, I mean, Superman. I like the way they handle how awesome Superman is compared to everyone. Like, when you compare him to batman as far as like like invincibility i think the way they handle it by by batman by them acknowledging it and by batman just being kind of a team leader and organizing things and stuff like that and like him while they were fighting uh the the end battle when everything came together batman had an appropriate job to be like shooting off these demons and things like that you know handling things on the other side i I just like the way they handled him where it felt it didn't feel silly that he would be doing the same thing superman would do and Mm -hmm. and uh but he's still relevant and useful yeah speaking of gal gadot kal-el no (laughs) okay so when i was watching the final cut um the snyder cut i do a series of videos on cinema blend's youtube channel with a a girl named hannah solik and we're kind of wonderful videos up to speed on dc stuff the only time i texted her during the Snyder Cut screening was to tell her that Cal Al No was in the Snyder Cut because I was convinced <laughs> that that was a Justice Lee dialogue punch. And I and I said, Cal Al No is actually in the Snyder Cut. And she went back and she was like, impossible. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> it's possible. Yeah, it's, it's there. Unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and last one I'll get to, and I brought this up earlier. It's not a scene or a moment, but if you end the movie when Clark unveils the S, mm. it ends on the perfect note. And especially if it were blue, the yes. blue and red mm-hmm. and yellow. Uh, the rest just feels like additional scenes that, while are awesome, do feel more like post-credit scenes that are setting up stuff that we'll never get. I do mm-hmm. understand why they are there. I do like the Batman and Joker sequence, but it it doesn't add anything to the story. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, specifically scenes that are paying that are teasing out you know things that aren't going to be that aren't going to happen um the nightmare sequence i guess i understand because he wanted the ability to sort of go back and include it zach has said in interviews that he couldn't believe that he did three movies in the dc universe and never got to do a scene with batman and joker together so essentially wanted to do that just to be able to include that but you're right i think i would probably take out the lex and deathstroke scene at that point because you don't really need it it's not going anywhere um but yeah i mean i i'm i agree with you ben i mean i think open the s and then it's over <laughs> i mean i i think that the extra stuff felt like a and again you know same thing as the the bank scene earlier it and i mean you can't fault it for this now in in hindsight but it is frustrating that things aren't going to pay off probably like they they well, we're hoping they would at one point, but it, it just feels like a lot of add-on. Um, I didn't love the Joker Batman scene. That whole thing felt I, I didn't I didn't love it. I, I mean, the Man, Martian Manhunter felt very cheesy to me. Like it felt very like they call me the Martian Manhunter, by the way. Like which felt kind of like an <laughs> awkward line. And uh, um, I mean, Deathstroke, Joe Joe Manganiello, and and like that was. I, I do. I wish it ended on that, and then maybe one, include one of these things as a as a post credit. Yeah. Out of all these sequences, guys, which one is your your least favorite? Hell, I'll know. I mean, that's yeah. that's a no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Such <laughs> a bad delivery. Hello. No. Yeah. I. I mean, I think I'm going to go with the 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 concept of number five. The the epilogue basically <laughs> the after not not the whole epilogue but the scenes after the s that's fair best performance who we got it's ray fisher for me i was thinking ben affleck or jason momoa and then henry cavill mm-hmm. so i can't decide i'm trying let me let me think for a second me... okay sean who you got mine's affleck um i don't think the movie works unless affleck is as good as he is he has to be the member that puts the team together. Um, I think he gets to be the Bruce Wayne that I was waiting for him to be. Um, you know, BVS, he's still, that's a Superman movie that Batman yeah. has to be a part of. Justice League is, is a Batman movie, you know, where he's essentially recruiting the team. I think him with Alfred, with Jeremy Irons, is, is outstanding. It's perfect. It's perfect. His the dynamic, snarky Alfred is amazing. The greatest. Um, his dynamic with all with each of the different members is terrific. Uh, so so for me, it's Affleck. I think it's Affleck too. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Momoa though, just because I enjoyed Aquaman in this movie <coughs> as much as I've enjoyed him in anything. 
Um, but I just to be a little different, but I, I think Affleck as well. I think Affleck, I mean, it's his movie, and and I love the way he was handled, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, and, and Ben Affleck. You guys have convinced me. I'm 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 changing my vote. It's Affleck. <laughs> I'm hopping on board. All Good right. Place Does to this... be. Good place to yeah, be. It is. Um, does this make sense? Uh, keep this pretty quick. Uh, why does the bank robber think blowing up the bank will set it back to the dark ages? <laughs> That's interesting. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, nothing. I got nothing for that one. How does what I'm assuming is a dean at a college talk to a mother of a son who's an adult? I feel like that probably wouldn't happen. I should know this because my wife is a professor. Not a dean, but she's a professor. Um, is he in college? I didn't even know. He's, I didn't yeah, even, I wasn't even sure if it was supposed to be high school or college. I, I'm pretty sure that's college. It's Gotham. I, mean, I, I don't know. It was Gotham City. It, that felt like yeah. the name felt like it could be either one. And I mean, he obviously doesn't look like he's in high school, but he no. He doesn't look like he's in high school, but I think it's a high school. Yeah, you mentioned. Who were they I playing against in the game? Do you know? Was it Wisconsin? Oh, then, yeah, okay. it was Wisconsin. Yeah, and that feels weird. You know, high school wouldn't play Wisconsin, so I mean, it, okay, then it's got to be a college. Then. But Gotham City's an odd. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. But it, well, and in BVS, there it's right next to Metropolis, which makes no sense. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right across it's the, the Flash's city, Central City, Central, Central City, Central City. Yeah, Is and you Chicago? do in the Flash, you do see Barry run all the way from Central City to Gotham in the beginning of the yeah. movie. Yeah, I saw the Flash. Did you like the Flash? I did like the flash. Yeah, I, like this I did. I did. I did too. It's fun. Um, last one I got here. How did Dark Side lose Earth? Uh, I heard people talk about this when the the film was initially released, and to me, this is this this makes sense within the context of the story. Uh, with the mother boxes being hidden away on Earth and him being defeated, and the mother boxes essentially acting as like this sort of GPS system, mm. uh, he couldn't really pinpoint where it was within the multiverse. He just continues to get more powerful in the meantime and regain his strength and come back and be ready, you know, ready the Armada. He looks incredible story. too. You know, it's hard not to do a direct comparison to Thanos. Um, just with them being developed around the same time, but he looks so different. Mm-hmm. Probably would have offered an, a hun- another set of you know threats and challenges. And yeah. uh, I thought he looked terrific. I thought he looked really great. Yeah, I do, I do too. Um, what wins this? What's the biggest question you guys got for this? I think I have other ones. Let me think for a second. Okay. For for me, it's the 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 bank robber like. You're blowing up a bank, you think you're going to set everything back to the dark ages by blowing up a bank. I mean, is that a centralized bank? It could be a pretty significant bank in London. I'm not, we're not sure. Not sure. <laughs> they don't, they're not specific. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, there, sure. there are children in there though, and that would devastate a lot of people blowing up a bank with, with children in it. Um, okay. Nothing's jumping to mind, but I know that I had yeah. like, a big question of kind of just like how did that happen but <laughs> you, you'll think about it as soon as the podcast ends and you i'm like, sure oh. i will yeah that's generally how this happened uh yeah i think for me it's, it's the bank robbing it's the bank robbing um moving on mvp who's the mvp of this movie right, you have it right there it's zach snyder yep zach snyder 
has to be. I, I agree. It's Zack Snyder. I mean, what he's what he did was was unprecedented. And uh, or if it's not Zack Snyder, it's the Snyder the Snyder heads, whatever they're his fans are called. <laughs> <Snyder> <laughs> I, I keep wanting to call him the Snyder verse. I know that's what the movies are, but it, whatever his his fans are, they they are also the MVP. But yeah, it's got to be Zack Snyder. That's a great arguing point, you know, yeah. because the movie doesn't surface if uh, if they don't if they're not as loud and and. Uh, aggressive as they were over the course of the three years sometimes negatively so aggressive but you know and, and still are yeah yeah that's <laughs> that's also up for debate yes yeah yeah uh, but yeah i i agree, I agree. that that's that, that's a really good point about the fans because ultimately you know we can talk about toxic fandom it exists within marvel it exists within dc it exists within star wars but i think the loudest are often the minority I think what the fans did and how much money they were able to raise uh, for suicide prevention is a huge victory, even above the movie. Um, so that's a, it's a good argument. Agreed. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, why would you recommend this movie and also um, get just a quick answer about the DCU in the future? Will it be a full reboot? Two totally different I, questions, but I, I would I would recommend this movie to watch, and it would be for anyone who loves superhero movies or anyone who who loves uh, universes that that connect and and pay off. But 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 really anybody who loves film. I mean, what what we're watch what we watched here was like history in cinema. I mean, like this was a huge like event that happened that was unprecedented and 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 an awesome story. And I think and I wanted to be, the reason I watched all these DCEU movies to watch. The, just, the Zack Snyder's Justice League was because I wanted to be a part of the conversation that was so exciting of everything happening. So I, I uh, absolutely would recommend it and for that simple take. But I also, it's a good movie. It's a lot of great action. Um, if you love superheroes, if you love Batman, Superman, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome watch. Oh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, if you're a, a DC fan or you want to see these iconic characters, you know, this is the first time we're seeing these major characters share the screen. Like there's, something inherently thrilling about that on a pop culture standpoint of the same way that the Avengers was exciting. The first time you got to see those characters together, you know, to be able to see the flash and, and cyborg fight alongside wonder woman, Batman, and it's terrific. It's, you know, it's, it's very cool for that reason. I, I do want to throw out um, a bit of a hand grenade, which is that, you know, I've heard enough people make this argument about the theatrical cut that it's a good way to introduce the characters to children. Um, that, you know, kids who are looking for gateways into the DC universe because it's goofy and, you know, stylized in a way that's probably a little bit more palatable for kids. Um, that gives that movie a little bit of value to me because I want kids to be able to watch. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit a kid down and watch the four hour cut of <laughs> Justice League and there's a part of me that feels that some of these movies that, you know, they definitely could be made for adults, movies like Logan, movies like the Snyder Cut. Um, but there should be a component of these movies that also exist for younger audiences so that they can get a chance to see Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and so forth on the big screen. Um, so I recommend Snyder Cut if obviously you're well-versed in, in superhero movies and you want something that's a little more adult and a little more challenging. But don't dismiss the theatrical cut if you have kids and you're a parent and you just want to introduce your kids to, to those characters. 
it's a lot like watching Batman and Robin when you're a kid, you love it and you don't understand why everyone hates it. But sure. as you get older, it, it changes. So yeah, it's a, it's a good argument. Um, but yeah, everything you guys said, plus to me, this is the greatest superhero film uh, ever made. So it's a big, big recommendation. Yeah. So I guess uh, you do recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, quick little answer to my DC reboot question post flash. I do think it's going to be a fo- uh, full on reboot. I think, especially with flash failing. I would, yeah. I would agree. 100%. I think so too. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. I mean, I'm loving, I, I can't wait to see what he does. I love, I love almost everything he's done. I've really loved peacemaker. Um, and I enjoyed guardians um, in May. Uh, I think he, I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes with it. Um, I like, I like the flash stuff. I wish it, I wish it was succeeding a little more. And I also didn't mind the device the flash used to try to, if it were successful, what, what yeah, they would yeah. have done you know, to bring in some stuff. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I didn't mind the like the storytelling device they used to to try to reset some stuff, which was which was fun. But um I'm stuck. I'm excited to see what yeah. James Gunn does. Me too. But guys, that wraps up our podcast for the day. Uh guys, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh Sean, where can people find you? Uh Cinema Blend, the web website I run on a daily basis. Go to the cinemablend.com. We have a podcast called Real Blend that you should listen um, in addition to this fine show. It's R E E L B L E N D. And then um, Ben was nice enough to mention the two books I wrote up to this point. They're on Amazon. Uh, one is called Release the Snyder Cut, which is why they had me on as a guest today. And the other one is called With Great Power. It is the story of Spider Man and his Hollywood history, if you happen to like Spidey. And want to find out more fun behind the scenes details about how his films came together. Recommend that book for the amazing Spider-Man conversation alone. Yeah. <laughs> or um, I know. He had a tough still, run. Still my best, my, my favorite Spidey. But we'll be back later this month to discuss another movie, should we choose to accept that mission. Uh, but until then be sure to hit that subscribe button leave a comment rate us and while you're at it give us a follow over on instagram and tiktok at ben davis movie show to stay up to date with all my thoughts and opinions on new movies and tv shows anyways guys until next time stay classy